uh, had come here a couple times, was traveling with Joe a little bit here and there, and um, he had given a message to uh, mom and dad. He he got uh, busy, you know, with, with business and work and ministry and other things, and um, wasn't traveling with Joe for a while. Um, but he had heard that Joe, Joe Jordan had passed away, and he sent this letter to mom and dad, which I, I, I think is really cool. So um, he said, uh, Pastor Ray, I just got word of Joe's passing and just wanted to drop you a note. I haven't been in close contact with Joe for the past few years, which I regret. Um, he will be sorely missed. I loved driving Joe to his speaking engagements when he was in the PA, New Jersey area. The highlight of his trip east was to spend time with pastors Ray and Carol. He loved the Good News Family Worship Center. Many times he told me, Ron, I have been in hundreds of churches all over the United States. And Joe has said this here on numerous occasions. But he said, I've been in hundreds of churches all over the United States, and I can tell you that Good News Family Worship Center has one of the most prolific moves of the Holy Spirit in all the churches where I ministered. Now, that was Joe saying where he's been to. Amen. He considered Glendore, New Jersey, one of his homes away from home. He said, God bless you. Uh, and, you know, finished his, uh, his letter. But something that stands out is this, is that we have to really catch and really grasp is Joe Jordan's been to hundreds, hundreds of churches across the nation, east coast to west coast, north, south. He's been to many, many churches, denominational, non-denominational. And something that stood out to Joe was the fact that this was a spiritual church, spiritual in not searching for a divine, you know, being or no spiritual in maturity, spiritual in allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our services. Amen. Amen. Pastors aren't here <clears throat> today, but that does not mean that the Holy Spirit doesn't have freedom. There's a DNA. There's something that's been in, in, uh, just put into motion in this house, primarily because of our pastors. But what's been put into this house is the freedom for the Holy Spirit to move. Amen. Amen. So everybody just begin praying in tongues. Why are we doing this? Because there's a discipline. There's a discipline. So you could keep on praying. There's a discipline that we endeavor to keep in our hearts and to instill in the congregation. You, I didn't tell you stop. Y'all can keep on praying in tongues. So there's a discipline that that the that God wants us to get into our our 
lifestyle, into our nature, into who we are. And that's to be mature sons and daughters of God. Amen. So just go with me because I'm just going with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We'll get to the message in a minute. But hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. It seems so strange to the world. It seems so strange to our thinking. It seems strange to our flesh. But the stirring in our spirit, man, that we don't see, the stirring that we may not feel in our spirit, there's great depths and there's great, uh, just if I could say it this way, the roots of the, that are in our heart, the roots that are in our spirit are drawing from the nutrients, drawing from the depths of God to put into our spirit what we need. So why? Because it's our, our, our heart tapping into the spirit, into the supernatural, drawing from the wells of God. And that's what's taking place as we're praying in our unknown language. We're putting faith, we're putting action to that faith in trusting God and knowing the Holy Ghost is on the inside. So there's a drawing, a pulling in the supernatural, a pulling in the spirit that is happening and taking place. What it's doing is it's creating a realm of an awareness of the supernatural and putting aside the flesh, putting aside the natural things and drawing from the things of God. So begin to keep on praying in tongues. It doesn't hurt. It's not too much effort. It's breaking through the comfort zone. It does seem awkward to pray in tongues in front of other people, especially when you're not used to doing it. But the awesome part is your neighbor is just as strange as you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Father God, we thank you for just the word that you are putting into our hearts, and we thank you for the word that you're stirring within us. God, I thank you that you're just allowing our hearts to be uh, that like you've spoken in Matthew, that the, our hearts are like that fertile soil where seed could be planted. The seed, which is your word, which is the Bible and the verses and the scriptures that we read being implanted in our heart, that God, our, our heart can receive it, and our heart can be able to, to keep it nurtured. And our heart can be able to, to, to be able to develop within our, our being that, that place that that word that we receive will grow, will be able to mature and that God that there will be fruit that comes from what we receive. 
In Jesus' mighty name. So I thank you right now, the Holy Spirit, you're speaking to us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are doing an awesome work in this place. That you're doing an awesome work in this house. That God, that every person that's here, you're doing an awesome work within every individual person here. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are, that you are revealing to us who we are. You're revealing to us your plans. You're re- revealing to us your purpose for us. You're revealing to us your very nature. You're re- revealing to us who you are through your word in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. If you would, please turn with me. That's just awesome. If you would turn with me, and we're going to go here to James in chapter 1. I say that's awesome because I had my, all my, my scriptures highlighted, and they all, I just took all the highlights off. <laughs> But praise God. Yes. Thank you, Lord. James chapter 1 and verse 2. I want to say this. James, this book of James that we're about to read, uh, many people believe that it was the, if what we could say, stepbrother to Jesus. Amen. Born of Mary. Believed to be him that actually has written this, penned this. And so what we're seeing is... Somebody that was in close association to who, with Jesus. Amen? Now, there's nothing that's said before resurrection of uh, anything about James, anything about, uh, you know, working of James. But everything that we read concerning this James is after resurrection, when Jesus has been resurrected. Amen? So, if I can say this, stepbrother of Jesus, there's nothing really strongly mentioned about him. So there's a lot of assumptions we can make of who he was and who he was up until Christ had raised from the dead. Amen? But we're not going to make assumptions. So what we're going to do is we're now going to think about this. This is James, stepbrother Jesus, half-brother. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Half-brother Glory to God. Step, half, that's all. <laughs> half brother. But here's, here's what I want to get to is this. Here's James that is in this place where James is now fully convinced of who his half brother was. God sent to us here on earth. So when I get to that point, you just say half, okay? All right, thank you. But fully convinced that Jesus is God sent to us. Man that came down to earth, he believed everything. Now com- completely convinced, following after his ways. Amen? In verse 2, he says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in various trials. Again, this is James Half, 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 half brother to Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was pulling on you, Val. I'm trying. My brethren, count all joy when you fall into various trials. James is now in a place, following after Christ, the Christ, Amen, the Anointed One, his half brother. 
following after him. Now has gone through trials, gone through tribulations, gone through things because of his faith in who his half-brother was and is to us and is now. Still alive. Amen. So here's James and he goes on verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience means this. Long suffering. Amen. Long suffering. Back to verse 2. Count it all joy. How is it that we can count it all joy when you fall into various trials? How do we take trials and turn that into joy? It's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing when we face trials to say, you know what? I'm going to just step right on into joy in this one. The joy comes when we know that verse 3, knowing that the test of your faith is going to produce patience. It's going to produce long-suffering, which means that your faith is going to produce the ability to overcome and endure for lengths of time when the trials come, that you can endure it and you're going to be able to overcome it. Amen? That's the joy. That no matter how long this is going to take, no matter what I'm going to face, any trial, I'm going to be able to overcome because I know my faith produces long-suffering. My faith is fixed in Christ and fixed in God alone. So because of that, I know that I'm going to overcome whatever trial I face. And joy is the fact that I know that I've already won. Amen? Verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have its perfect work. Let long-suffering have its perfect work. Let that endurance of the trials have its perfect work. Why? Because in the process... God wants to teach you and I lessons. God wants to bring a strength in you and I through these trials. To know how to overcome, to experience the overcoming power, to experience the going through the difficulties. Why? So that we have experience because in our innate nature of who God is within us, God wants us to be able to help those that are going through the same process to become overcomers the iron sharpening iron because god knows that there's a a a people group the lost the broken the hurting that are looking for the answers that are looking how to get through these trials amen 
So God knows that when we are learning and we're going through the process and it's having its perfect work in us, that we will then be able to take the experience and the things that we've gone through to be able to help that people group the lost, to help that people group the hurting, the broken. Why? Because they're looking for them answers and we have the answer within us. And we know that everything is because of faith in Christ and how he endured it all and has helped us to endure it also. So you and I have an answer. The simple answer is Christ. The going through and the long suffering is where we help with our experiences. Amen. Verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God, I don't know how to, 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 to really speak, to, to put all the things that I've gone through and learned and things, to put it into words. I don't know how to put it all completely to make sense to somebody, to help somebody that's going through the same situation. So, God, I ask you to help me. Give me wisdom on how to how to use the experiences, use these things that I've gone through to reach those that are in the same place. Let him ask of God, which God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Amen. So ask of God for wisdom. And it's the Bible. James is saying, hey, God gives liberally. He's going to give it to everyone that asks. Amen. So everyone that asks has the ability to be able to form the words, to form the conversation, to be able to help others that are in the same need. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if I could say it this way, and this may be a little, a little stretch and a little hard to, to hear, but those that don't ask are probably the ones that don't want to actually do the word. I'm just saying. Why? Because most times we know it's right to do. And listen, we've all been there and we've all faced, you know what? We know it's right to do. We know that we should go and we should, you know, go speak to that person because their leading's there and we've avoided it. And we've all been there and we've all faced that place and that, that time. What? We've all been there. But when we do ask, God gives us wisdom. A lot of times when we want to reach the lost or we want to reach somebody with, you know, approach them with our faith and stuff like that. A lot of times we don't because we aren't sure on how to approach them. We're not sure on what to say. So, Ask of God, and he will give you wisdom, liberally. No questions asked, just ask. Right? That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? No questions asked, just ask. (laughs) In other words, there's no issue about it. God gives freely when we ask of him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, because he who doubts 
is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. In other words, if there's a person that's doubting, guess what? There's probably a good chance that they're not going to receive from God. So when you ask of God for wisdom, make sure that you ask in faith. Amen? Ask in faith. Everybody say, ask in faith. Ask in faith. And you will receive. Everybody say that. And you will receive. Amen. Amen. So how do you tell the difference? I'm just like, I'm just thinking about what we just read. How do you tell the difference? Like, how do you know when you're in faith or when there's doubt? I'm being serious because we know sometimes with our head knowledge, we know what, you know, we're supposed to believe and we know what faith in God or whatever it is that we're supposed to ask in faith. We know what faith is, but sometimes that doubt wants to creep in, right? Amen. I'm going to say this doubt is most times associated with our limitations, Doubt is usually associated with our limitations. Faith is when we're stepping out of our limitations and stepping into believing what God can do. Faith is stepping into that place Believing what God can do. Okay. Now there's a transition of knowing what God can do, knowing our limitations. So how do we get the two to meet together? That's the, that's the faith part right there. That's the faith. That's the transition of knowing God and knowing us. Faith steps past, bridges that gap. But faith is this, knowing that it's not our ability. Uh, okay, this is the importance of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. Because the Holy Spirit involved helps to get us out of us and getting into God. Why are we praying in tongues? Because we're stirring. It's that drawing. You think uh, th- this, that whole f- process, and I thank you, God, for just moving us in that place. But when we're praying in tongues, there's a stirring. There is that drawing of the depths of God, drawing of the riches of God. Our thoughts and everything begin to get consumed with thoughts of God, thoughts of the supernatural from his perspective. Faith is when we're believing that we can do all things in Christ Jesus. And our foresight, our picture, what we're looking to is God and what he can do. Doubt begins when our eyes are turned on ourselves. So our eyes in this process cannot be on our own self and our abilities. So if you're asking for God for anything, and I'm using this as an example, even for anything in the, uh, outside of just asking for wisdom. If you're looking for financial breakthroughs, stop looking at your limitations. 
Stop looking at what you are able to do with what you're making, with what your income is. Stop looking at those limitations. Faith is, okay, I know where my income level is, but I know, God, that you are more than a supplier of what I'm making at my 40-hour or my 20-hour or my 10-hour a job per week income. God, I know that you are able to open up the doors of heaven, that the windows of heaven would be opened up and your blessings would be poured out upon me and my storehouse. So God, I trust you, and this is where the hard part is, is just letting go and letting him work on our behalf. So getting our limitations off ourselves because that's where doubt comes in. Amen. I'm not sure how I can get this house. I'm not sure how I can get this vehicle. I'm not sure how I can get the food on my table by the end of the week. I'm not sure how I can have food still in my cabinets by towards the end of the month. Get the doubts, get the limitations off yourself. Begin to step over into that place of God. Yes, I don't know how that's all going to happen, but I trust God that you will provide for all of my needs. There's a change and a shift in the way our heart and our attitude is viewing the circumstance, the situation, the trials. Amen? Amen. We have to make sure that our hearts are in the right place and turn in the right place, not looking on ourselves and our limitations. Amen. Hallelujah. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Continue on. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. Verse 10. But the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen, we're getting to it here. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat, that it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man, and if you want to say blessed, you could say blessed. But blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. For, for blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved. What's the approved part of this? Who has stamped their approval? God stamps that approval on that man. And how does that appro- approval come? It comes from the verse uh, 2, the verse 3, the verse 4 that we've read. Where a man that stays in faith. The man that stays in faith asks for wisdom. The person that's going through trials, going through these times, difficult times. And endures them patiently with joy in our hearts, knowing that God will help us through and help us to overcome these trials. And when we've gotten to that place where we've overcome, boom, stamp of approval. God has approved the fact that we are more than overcomers. 
that we've gone through the trial, we've gone through this. He knows who we are, but we have to go through the test to, to endure and to be able to prove our maturity. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12, I'm going to read this again. Blessed is the one who perseveres. This is from uh, the NIV. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. What are we talking about today? We're talking about perseverance. God wants us to understand perseverance in a greater depth. Amen. Go with me right here to James in chapter five. James chapter five. Hallelujah. You know, there's a, there's things that I think that we've all faced. If there's anyone in here that has not faced trial, has not faced temptation, please raise your hand. Okay, so we're all on the same boat. We've all had a difficult time. We've all had a trial. Let me ask this. Has anybody gone through a difficult time and come through and and felt like you've had victory in that? Raise your hand. Anything at all. Is there something that you've had a trial or a temptation or anything like that where it's been... You know, you felt like you didn't come out in victory in that time. Okay, I'll raise my hand. Okay, there's we've all had times where it's been hard. We've we've overcome, and sometimes we haven't overcome. But in the process, no matter if we've won, if I could say won the battle or lost that battle, how many know that even if you've won that battle, the battle seems to want to turn its head and come back again. It's not one and done. There's a growing and there's a maturing and a constant maturing and growing in patience, in staying steadfast, in trusting God. And when we face those trials, when we face that temptation again, you know, there's that place that we need to grow And maybe God wants us to be able to, will use that trial, use that temptation to help us to grow because there's something greater that God can see that he knows that he can get through us and get into us. When we mature even more, when we face something in that particular trial, in that particular temptation or whatever it may be. But God knows that there is something greater within us and wants us to persevere through it. I want to read something to you. If you do have your announcement, there's something on here. A quote of the week. I put something here for persevere. To persist in anything undertaken. Maintain a purpose in spite of difficulty, obstacles, or discouragement. Continue steadfastly. I have this to be earnest towards, be constantly diligent, to attend assiduously to all exercises, 
To persist in anything un- undertaken, which we just read. Can I say this? To bolster, sustain, or uphold. Persevere. That means to, no matter what, to push through. No matter what, the trial, no matter the temptation, continue to push through. Continue to, to, uh, to uphold, to strengthen yourself no matter, in the trial, in, the, in that temptation. Persevere to push, to push, to push, to push, to push. You know you're going uh, to uh, overcome it. You know there's going to be an end to it. Continue to face it. Continue to face it. Continue to face it. Push through, push through. How do you push, keep on pushing through? Keep trusting God. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting God. Keep staying in the word. Keep staying in the word. Keep staying in the word. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. You gotta keep on uh, persevering, pressing through, pressing through the thoughts, pressing through the trials, pressing through the difficult times. If we don't persevere, we're gonna falter. There's gonna be a shaking. There's gonna be a time where the temptation comes hard just to give in, just to give up. But persevere through it. That means continue pressing, continue going through and just pushing with everything you have within you. Persevere. This is mentioned multiple times in the word, and we see Paul, especially, and others that, that are written, but Paul mentions it often persevering, to persevere. We, you and I, have to persevere as sons, as daughters. Persevere in our faith, in what we believe, in who Christ is. We have to persevere because the world wants to tell us different. Our situations want to tell us different when we we go through struggles. But our faith, we must persevere. How do we strengthen and bolster and uphold our faith? By getting into the word of God. By seeking his face and bringing our heart, pouring out our heart before him. Again, with the right attitude, knowing that God can outside of our ability because God is God. Staying in faith, in other words. So when we're approaching God and when we're bringing our heart and pouring out our heart before him, staying in that place of faith, not complaining because when we're complaining, we're doubting because we know our limitations. But staying in that place of faith, God, I know who you are. I know what you can do. I don't understand why this is going on or why I have this going. I have this going. But I know that you can do this. So I ask for wisdom. I ask, God, that you help me get through this time, to get through this trial. Persevering is pressing into that place, pressing in through the the times when we feel weak. You got to push. You got to get into that place. Why? Because the flesh wants to dictate to stay out of the place of your, that, that prayer closet, to stay out of the word. Because the flesh is wanting always to combat against the spirit. Your flesh is wanting to work hard against you. We have to persevere and push through the flesh and what we feel and how the flesh wants to dictate. Amen? Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. James chapter 5, verse 11. 
Let's go here, verse 10. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Here we go. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. We all know the story of Job, amen? Anybody here not know the story of Job? Job went through a ton of stuff, lost everything. I'd say that man has gone through some trials. That man's going through a lot of stuff. And in it all, again, the heart was what? The heart condition was he was never going to speak against God. Amen? Never speak against him. Because his heart still was in that place of persevering, trusting that God was God. And God would take care of it all, even though he went through all the trials and through all the things that he faced. Losing everything and everyone. But his heart wasn't, wasn't fixed on limitations of the flesh, limitations of himself, or limitations of the world. How hard, though, was it to go through them trials? It was hard for Job. But he still never talked against God. His heart, the attitude of his heart was still in a place of knowing who God is. And if he spoke against God, that means that he had resentment against God. That means his heart was then in a place that was against him and not trusting him. That God could turn it around. I think we could pull a lot of things out of that. Amen? Turn with me to 2 Peter. Hallelujah. 2 Peter chapter 1. In verse, we're going to begin in verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through, the, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world in the world caused by evil, evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to pause here. I heard this saying, and it stuck, and it still sticks, and still resounds in my heart. Where knowledge stops... Faith stops. And it keeps resounding because this. We can grow up to a point in faith concerning any area of our Christian life. 
But if we don't continue to feed our faith, knowledge, and understanding of God and his word concerning that area, faith is limited and stops growing. We have to feed our faith. We have to feed that particular area, that particular thing, that particular trial that we're going through of who God is in his word. So that faith increases in our hearts. For if if you possess, I love this, if you possess these qualities, and I love the fact that it's pulling out, and, and Peter in this verse, that it recognizes perseverance as a quality that we all need to continue to increase in. That we all need to continue to grow in because we all need a little kick in the pants sometimes to get motivated, to stay with it, to stay uh, growing in our faith, staying, uh, building ourselves, girding ourselves up in our faith. Amen? Amen? And sometimes we need that kick in the pants. So the Holy Ghost is giving us the kick in the pants this morning. <laughs> To continue, persevere, persevere. You know, it, it goes on here, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being, everyone say it, ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say this? That's in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to say that it may continue in doing what you and I were called to do, being disciples. If we're not continuing to persevere and all these other things that we just read, it may cause us to be ineffective and unproductive in every area that we have of our supernatural life. Now, it states here your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, if it's increasing, will help to increase the purpose in our heart. Will help to increase of who we are and understanding who we are. And understanding who God is in us and through us. And if that stops, that means that we can then become ineffective and unproductive. We need to get onto these parts here of being effective and productive with our growth, with our maturing, with our discipling, with our leading the lost to the, to the Lord. Amen. And how's it come? It comes through all these things. Add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, love. These things produce being effective and productive. Now, I just want to encourage you guys. If there's anything that we pull out from today, study these things. Study those things specifically right there. Dig dig into the word of God concerning those things that we just read. Amen? I'm encouraging you. Faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, love. Study those words. 
For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Why does he go on and say that? Because if we don't have them, we're constantly being reminded. We're constantly being uh, uh, badgered of our past sins. We're constantly being tormented to the place of where we were, our old life, our old failures, our old trials and tribulations that we've gone through which we didn't overcome. And those past sins, the past places that we've been, will begin to circle back. And that circle of unlife begins to happen again. And we go through the same circle, fall into the trial, fall into the temptation, not being productive in, with our Christian life, not being productive with our personal growth. And all these things come if we're not doing what we just read. Faith, goodness, uh, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection for our brothers, our sisters in the Lord, love, agape love. Self-control. Come on now. We have to be growing increasingly in these things to be effective and productive in our knowledge of Jesus Christ, which affects our whole life. Let's continue on. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things in which we've just read, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You and I have the ability to never stumble to trials, to temptations. It's provided for us in a simple instruction which is given to us right here. We have been made more than overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the simple instruction right here that we received on how to understand the blood of the Lamb and understand who we are in Christ. Are you with me? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. couple more verses and we're gonna we're gonna close hebrews 11 chapter or chapter 11 verse 24 by faith moses when he had grown up refused to be known as the son of pharaoh's daughter he refused it he chose to be mistreated along with the people of god rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin Moses, by faith, came to the realization of who he was. A Jew. A person that was chosen by God. Like you and I, chosen by God. Refused all the fleeting pleasures of sin. 
the flesh things, all the things that he had in Egypt at one point in time. Gave it all up, refused it all. All by faith. To the point where he knew he was going to be mistreated, like God's people, that was happening in Egypt. He regarded, verse 26, he regarded disgrace, which he saw with all the people of God happening in Egypt. He discarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. But he did what? He persevered. This is New International Version. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses had an experience with God. And with his experience, he was willing to give up, persevere through everything to be able to just follow his instructions, follow the law of God, follow what God was instructing him to do. He persevered through everything. The same that the people of God did. Moses gave up to to receive the same trials, to receive the same disgrace that they were receiving. And persevered through it all. In Romans in chapter 8 and verse 25, Paul says this, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait it for we eagerly wait for it with perseverance persevere persevere to bolster to sustain to be earnest towards be constantly diligent to persist in anything undertaken maintain a purpose in spite of difficulty Maintain a purpose in spite of obstacles. Maintain a purpose when there's discouragement. Maintain a purpose continuously, steadfast. Even when we know that there's the unseen God, which we have faith in, which we trust, which we believe, no matter what, to stay steadfast. Upholding your faith, strengthening your faith, persevere through the trials, persevere through the, the, the times when things are difficult, temptations, trials, perseverance, persevere. Everyone stand for a minute. Everyone say, I am a person of perseverance. I will overcome every trial, every difficult time. Every temptation through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We give you glory and honor, Lord God. We give you, Lord, Lord we give you the, the glory that's due to you. 
Jesus, you are worthy to receive praise. You're worthy to receive honor because it is through you that we can receive our overcoming ability. It's through you that we have been made overcomers. It is through you, Lord Jesus, that we can overcome all that the enemy has to throw at us, overcome all that the enemy would throw at us. Every trial, every temptation, every tribulation, everything that he wants to throw at us, whatever he's got, Lord, we know we can overcome through you. We can overcome through your blood. We can overcome, Lord, through our testimony of the past battles that we've had and we've come through strong. We thank you, Lord God, that through you that we can overcome everything, everything that tries to come against our faith. And God, through it, we will persevere. We will take our own initiative. We'll take on our own, the responsibility to push through, to get into the word, to get into our quiet place with you, to seek your face, God. And we'll persevere and not let anything keep us from getting into that place. In Jesus, your mighty name. Because our love relationship with you, Lord, is most important. And Lord God, we just ask you that you would give us wisdom through the times that we face trial. That you would give us that wisdom, Lord God, to know how to face that challenge, to face that that trial face to face. How to overcome it in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. So Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor. Lord, we worship you with everything that's within us. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. Lord God, we worship you. In Jesus, your mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. So Lord God, we thank you for your word and for speaking to us this morning about perseverance. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would begin that work on the inside of us. Where we feel like sometimes that we just want to just lay down when we need to stand. That you would give us that ability to persevere. That, that strength within us to just stand when all we can do is stand and just stand. Like you state in, in the book of Romans, to put on the whole armor of God. And when we've faced and when we've stood the, the, the trials and we feel like we're getting weak, that we just continue to persevere, continue to stand. Just like uh, Pastor Elena just mentioned earlier, that Holy Ghost, just like Jesus, but he endured so much on that cross. He endured so much for all of mankind. He persevered for all of mankind, knowing the plan, knowing the purpose for his life, knowing what the Father was desiring of him. And we take that same perseverance and we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen that, mature it, develop it, if that's what we need in our hearts, that we would stand and we would just continue on. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that supernatural strength on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Shumba Baba Jade of Rindy Gejigim Barangim Baba Shandal or Rimba Bagoda Varavre Eteke Shikolovo In Baba Managan of Rindy Gene Go Shigil of Rindy Gesel of Ramba Baba Danarasha Kinbre Begir of Riti Color of Russia to own the Gochikar of Rabba Baba Baba Shandagaja Gesikir Freight Gesetia Kaila Vamba Ombugosu. We thank you for joy. We thank you for the joy of the Lord being our strength. We thank you for your joy rising up on the inside of us, God. Thank you for your joy. We thank you, Lord God, for that joy just rising on the inside and bringing us into a place that's, that seats us above all those hard times, that seats us above when we feel like our body is physically too weak, our mind is too weak, our heart's too weak, but that joy will rise up and give strength in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the joy of our salvation. For the joy rising up. That we're, we've been delivered, set free, given a new life. Because of Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. I thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. You could say it for your own self. I thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. I am delivered, set free. I thank you for freedom, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody that needs prayer for anything? For anything we, that I can come in agreement and pray about anything before we dismiss anybody at all. Go on once. Go on twice. <laughs> if I could just have one more minute, is that okay if you raise your hand? Can I have one more minute? There's one minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pastors are uh, will be on our way home. When, when did mom and dad actually... They get back, get in tomorrow. I don't know the exact time, but praise God. Let's when pastors come come back, let's welcome them. Amen. When you see them, give them an, a warm embrace. Amen. Because there's there's something that when they come back or we come back, you know, when you go away and you come back home and you receive that welcome, it's 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 so warm and 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 strengthening. Amen. When you see pastors, give them a a great a great hug. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord God, we love you. I ask you that as the people go this morning, that you would just pour out your joy, give the strength that they need to face every single day. And from this point forward, we thank you that you're increasing in what we've read concerning these things to help us and to help everyone that's heard this message to be productive, to be effective in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You're dismissed.